are in Derech Hashem. He articulates the arcane structure of the spiritual universe. Derech Hashem is a sefer that was devoted to articulating the Kabbalah of the Arizal in the language of the layman. There are different ways of the Arizal had an incredible impact on the consciousness of the Jewish people as a whole. The Hasidim took this to the realm of practical experiential exercises and they translated essentially the Kabbalah Darizal into the world of action and experience. And the Ramchal, in his incredibly erudite style, created a system of thought in the language of a layman, which perfectly illustrates all the different building blocks of the spiritual world. So that a person who would like to access a picture of clarity in terms of what does the world look like when you peel away the covers, you read through the Sefer and everything is perfectly placed in its rightful position. She's an amazing act. The Ramchal writes this in the beginning of his work. as a deep human need for living in a world where you can relate in concrete, rational terms to the nature of your environment, which is, which is not to be taken for granted. In the beginning of his Sefer, he writes that an analogy, if you have a garden, that has been left to grow wildly and there's no order and the plants intertwine one with another and you can barely make your way through it, the experience and the aesthetic joy of looking at it is very strongly diminished, especially when you contrast it to a beautifully manicured garden where every flower bed has its designated, well-structured, planned out flowers, perfectly placed. Each row has been coordinated in terms of height, color, and smell. And you look at this arrangement of organic glory and you're breathtaking. As opposed to someone that didn't put any effort in their back garden is an overgrown weed basket. Similarly, says the Ramchal, in our perception of life, until we've been able to express in the language of rational thought, cause and effect, the precise structure of the spiritual world, it's all one big confusing mess. And therefore, the goal of the book, Der Hashem, is to clearly delineate the very precise structure of absolutely everything that we experience in the spiritual world, which is an incredible undertaking and even more impressive that he managed to do it in such a tiny work, relatively speaking. In light of our own human experience, the Ramchal's approach is fascinating because we realize 
that we've got two competing ways of experiencing reality. The way we'd express it in modern terminology is we can experience reality through the lens of the left brain and we can experience reality through the lens of the right brain. When we experience reality through the left, the left brain lens, so reality has got parts to it, it's got cause and effect, it's got um, logical continuity. It's categorized, it's described, and it's very easy to put the experience into the world of language. <coughs> when you experience the world through the right brain, it's a completely different experience. It's all about concept, context, relationships, the moment, the whole. There's no categorization because it's only what is, is. And that experience of reality has a very different feel and texture to it than that of the left brain. The Western world is becoming increasingly dominated by left brain thinking. Everything can be measured and quantified. Achievement is a function of results and productivity. And worth is often measured according to net income. In the world of the right brain, there's no such thing. It's not about what this is going to produce. It's about what is this? It's not about the quantifiable. It's about the ineffable. It's not about the measurable. It's about the experienced. In relation to that, our natural inclination towards the spiritual world would seem to be accessed more readily through right brain thinking. Simply being there with whatever it is. And when you actually read the Ramchal's works, how he puts into language, which is so well described, delineated and categorized, you realize he's using the left brain to articulate the entire galaxy of spiritual experience. Which is really kind of surprising. Because it's almost as if you're using the wrong tool for the job. There's a lot of discussion evolving in today's world. There's, a, there's a, one of the protagonists of the left brain, right brain relationship is a person called Ian McGilchrist. And he's, there's, a, there's a movie that he's, he's made called The Divided Mind. And he's written a book um, describing the relationship of the left and right brain. And he really kind of goes for the fact that the right brain is a way more effective and helpful way of living life. What I see from the Ramchal and something that I get to experience often in our spiritual system is really there's a synergy between left and right brain thinking. 
and erring by sticking to one level of thinking and not to the other, by getting caught in one track and forgetting the other, creates a dramatic imbalance in terms of my fullness in relationship to Torah. So on the one hand, Torah is the ultimate logical system. And the process of reasoning displayed in the Gemara and throughout the commentaries is extremely evidence-based, hypothetical thinking, which would stand up very strongly in any scientific academy. In fact, it's almost as if the method of learning, if not the content, but the method of learning in the study of Gomorrah is almost a direct duplicate of the method of scientific discovery. You've got an area of study. There's enormous amounts of unknown. There are some clues. And you start to accumulate evidence to create a hypothesis. And the way you test your hypothesis is running it through reality, which in this case is a tech, in this case is a text. If it's able to work with the text, so then you give it a thumbs up. If it falls short because the text and it don't gel, then you reject it and you start with a new hypothesis. So actually the entire process of Talmudic reasoning is a form of spiritual science. Only that the focal point of the study, as opposed to being the natural world, is the supernatural world. And the mechanism of observation isn't through experimentation with microscopes and laboratories. It's really utilizing the specimens, essentially, are the texts that we scrutinize with our minds and our microscopic perception. And that's the left brain. Heralding us into the world of spirituality through a place which is concrete. Easy to fathom, open to direct communication. And then there's a right brain, which is the world of imagination. The world of association the world of the esoteric, the world of Agadita, the world of the, the analogy, of the marshal. And there, the left brain is put into the background. When we engage in the experience, an analogy of marshal is always an experience. It's a story. It's there to give us a sense of the power of a metaphor is to create a experience out of an idea. Our way of work, our way of work is utilizing the right brain experience to act as a catalyst for left brain processing. 
making it more simple, the way that we become spiritually developed is by allowing our experiences to act as anchors of insights. For example, last night, I went to gym. I think it's pretty obvious. Some later stage, I may need to remove my shirt. And I was running on the treadmill. Fifteen. That was a speed. Fifteen. I overtook every single other treadmill. <laughs> Literally left them in the dirt. Fumbling ahead. I was running on the treadmill. Running on the treadmill is a very interesting thing. Because you run and you stay in the same place. So you put in all the effort of moving forward, but you get nowhere. And if I process that, so I can use that as a point of self-awareness, insight, and spiritual propulsion, how so? But let me think about this. I'm running, I'm running, and I'm running faster. I'm running even faster, but I'm still not getting anywhere. Why not? So I start to analyze the properties of what's transpiring underneath my very feet. The problem is, I'm running on a conveyor belt. That really what I'm doing, the only way I can stay stationary or not be thrown off the end of the treadmill is to keep on running. So there's a delicate balance between me and my environment. When my environment is going in the opposite direction to me, in order for me to remain stationary, I have to run. So I have this real experience of putting in all the effort of progress, yet not making any any strides. And the reason is because the external environment is going in the opposite direction to me, and therefore as fast as I run, I'm not going to move forward. So that's my experience. Now, that experience is now right brain. The right brain got the experience for what it was. The sense of my body pulsating, my heart pumping, my legs drumming down on the, my arms pumping from side to side, my face in the mirror putting on an exaggerated expression of heroism. <laughs> even though I wasn't even panting, it just sounded so good. Could have gone. Just give so much more to it. I'm going, I'm going, I'm doing this, I'm the green, the pitides, whoever was who won the marathon, whoever was pathetic, who, come on, no, here, the place was marathon, ah, push up, so I'm probably running, 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 and then I realized, whoa, 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 
whoa, whoa. Let me think about this and let me extract the lesson. What's the lesson? The lesson is, well, if I choose an environment that is going in the opposite direction to my own, in order for me to simply remain stationary, depending, of course, of the force and the current of the external environment, in order to make stationary, I'm going to have to put in all my effort and I still won't progress. It will literally be staying in the same place. If I turn around and I go backwards on the treadmill, which is in the same direction as it is, oh, one second, I'm on the other side of the gym. <laughs> and then I start to explore the idea of my relationship between effort and environment. And it starts to open up to me the sugya of who am I and how do I respond to the different factors around me. And realizing my own internal strength and how much there of, of it there is and how that coordinates the environment and what factors in the environment are pulling against me that I have to run as fast as I can simply to stay in the same place. And what factors of the environment are propelling me forward. And what factors in the environment are pushing against me so strongly that I can't keep up pace and I run out of energy and I get shot off the back of the treadmill, lying on the floor, my face in the dust, saying, oh, I can't do this anymore. And that moment of running on the treadmill suddenly becomes transcendent. It becomes an anchor that tells me about me and my environment. That's moving from the experiential, taking the world of the right brain and putting it into the left. Because now I can develop a law and I can say the degree of opposition there is, the degree of opposition and the pace of the opposition to me in my environment will determine the amount of effort I need in order to remain stationary. Environments which propel me forward will assist me. Environments which are in the opposite direction of me will hold me back. And because it's not a dry idea, but it has an anchor and experience, then the right brain and the left brain coincide with an applauded marriage that you can use the experience, which is the mechanism of movement, with the intellectual, which is a mechanism of implementation. And here I become a warrior of life, utilizing the full gamut of my human condition and talents and gifts. Just from one treadmill running experience. And then I go, whoa, whoa, not bad for a night out at the gym, eh? And this is before we even get onto the curls. Curls are the story without mentioning the bench press. Putting it out there, bench press, you know? 120 grams. <laughs> Sasha. Uh, excuse the, the, the math muscle, but the way, the way that spirituality works, if I understand, is it's like a function of that, like, it's like two functions that undo each other. Like, if I understand correctly, the left brain takes experiences and then using those experiences translates into ideas or concepts and then the right brain does the exact opposite it takes those ideas and concepts and then translates them into uh experiences or uh yeah i guess experience well expressed beautiful 
Beautiful. So when you dance the dance of both these parts of self, so that's how you develop completion. That's how you move yourself forward. One without the other, you remain amputated in your experience of life. And I've experienced people who are more drawn to one and more drawn to the other. I feel people who, who very often if they become addicted to right brain experience, even just the experience without the other things that may facilitate addiction, they, 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 they remain ungrounded and ineffective because it's just from one experience to another, there's no coherence and cohesion in their life. And yet people who become too involved in left brain, they become robotic and un, and uncold, aloof, and in a certain way inhuman or unhuman. And so we have to make this delicate balance in order to create power, perfection in our lives. And that's why I find the work of the Ramchal so captivating, because he's translating the experience into terms that we can actually process in our intellectual minds. And of course, that's not the end, but the beginning. Because then we have to do the other side of the function, which is then experiences. So I thought that would be an important thing to share to you on this sunny Monday afternoon.